You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. Personal responsibility, political accountability, and corporate culpability. We must eliminate poverty. I don't care what color the person, a child. Your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning to all the truth seekers out there. This is a special edition Mental Dialogue Talk Show as I bring on two of our queens of intellect, as I like to call them, a couple of our queens of intellect members, Latrice Ross and the Asia Robinson. Thank you, queens, queens for both for being with me. Uh, y'all are actually, in a sense, both the special guests as I'm going to pretty much open up the show and, you know, just I'm going to be quiet today and kind of turn it over to y'all. I'm going to ask questions and be quiet. And so, uh, as, uh, as we say, this is you know, black men, what do black women think? I'm going to go ahead and let the cat out the bag and say hello to both of y'all. If y'all will, say, uh, introduce yourselves, say hello to each other. We're going to get this thing started because I'm ready to get into these questions and find out what our queens are thinking this morning. How are y'all doing? I'm feeling fantabulous, Montoya. I'm happy to be on this show. Pretty um, intrigued by the questions that you might ask, and it's a pleasure virtually meeting you, DeAsia. Thank you. It's a pleasure meeting you too, Latrice. And thank you so much for having me on the show this morning, Montoya. I am curious on what questions you're going to throw at us, and I am prepared to answer them. No, it sounds good. Well, the cool thing is, um, again, y'all both have served in my co-host role role quite often over the past pretty much pretty much this entire year for the most part Latrice you've been with me much longer and so to a degree I, I run into people and talk to people who absolutely love both of you so it's absolutely cool to have y'all on the show together in a sense for the first time and, and y'all are pretty known to our regular listening audience so uh, but with that said before I start asking these questions to find out what what our queens out here think um, uh, if you will Latrice, give a little bit of your background because some, you know, that way that people get a, a, a perspective for how, why you coming the way you coming, if you will, Queen. So let them know about yourself. 
Sure. I am a diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant. I've been doing this work for about um, nearly 12, between 12 and 15 years. Um, it's work that I do professionally, but it's also work that I do personally because as a black woman, I sit at that in- intersection of race and gender, and that's the that's the intersection of two historically excluded groups. And so um, it's a passion of mine to work to force equity where inequity exists. No, I love it. Yeah, if you will, um, you know, you got some things going on. Again, love having you when you come on the show. And, again, you are dearly loved by plenty of my listeners out there. But if you will, Queen, tell them about yourself as well. Um, I'm Theasia Robinson. I am a podcaster. I have a podcast on uh, YouTube, and it streams live on YouTube as well as Facebook. It is called The Best of the Asia and it's a place where we tackle, like, hard conversations, something similar to the mental dialogue where, you know, we have, like, tough conversations in a controlled space uh, where we're able to look at things objectively and kind of heal some of the things that we experience amongst each other within our community. No, I love it. And to a degree, um, you know, yeah, like you said, we both like to deal with the hard conversations. We love to tell people, in a sense, we are the best in the world at doing hard conversations on race, sex, and culture. I will say, one of, I think one of you may have something in the background possibly sharing that. All right, with that said, um, but to a degree, I will admit, today today we're kind of stealing, uh, to a degree, your format on Desk of the Asia with all these questions that we hope we get from our callers out there. I got plenty of questions lined up in a sense, to to call because that's something that you specialize in, DeAsia. You have people, in a sense, you may do topics or you may have people calling in. Again, just throwing out that there sounds like a radio broadcast in the background for one of you. Um, Let me see if I can figure that out real quick. Or or maybe some feedback or the show in the back. Let me see. Do y'all hear that? Uh, DeAsia, I just think I figured out. what it, It may be you. I don't know. Do you have the show in the back or something else in the background possibly? Uh-uh. I don't okay. have anything in the background. Okay. Let me yeah. see. Maybe it's my fan. Hold on. Let me turn my fan down. Yeah, I'm going to be hot in here on the mental dialogue. Don't have me sweating. I don't think it was a fan. It was just, it was just thought we was getting some feedback, so I doubt it's a fan. So go ahead and keep your fan on. I'll okay. Yeah, because I don't hear it right now. Okay. All right, no problem. So okay. now we'll get through this thing. All right, we got a few minutes before break. So to get this thing started, I do want to share a little backdrop to uh, something I thought about, Latrice, after one of our shows, and you spoke about that in your in, in your uh, introduction about the idea of you, the idea of intersectionality, intersectionality uh, for the black woman, you know, being a in a sense black and a woman or whatever. Like you said, two different areas of concern, if you will, when it comes to this country, if you will. But I remember you and I had a conversation after one of our shows, and I know we had a back and forth dialogue uh, a couple of weeks ago on the show where I was. We were going back and forth about the idea of, in a sense, how black men see our progress going forward as a, as a race, how men often see it as our plight is together. And I remember one of our callers you know, offered the idea that, um, to a degree, um, sometimes women may find themselves, black women in particular, in a sense, seem to separate themselves in a sense where we're moving forward. And I'm, you may recall this, and I wanted to kind of get your thoughts before we go to the first break. But you may recall I asked, I said, do you at least um, understand that in our mind that we're in a sense fighting for 
includes the black woman. And you were kind of breaking down that, you know, there were, in a sense, there are times when it doesn't feel that way. And I was just saying, did you understand that we don't know that we don't include you because in our minds, everything that we're fighting for, whether it be equal pay, whether it be uh, police brutality, it all applies to black men and black women for the way black men see it. And so that is kind of what sparked. Let me go deeper. Let me do a show where, in a sense, we just listen to our queens. Um, but you may recall that conversation. And we actually got to, a, in a sense, a understanding versus understanding that typically is missing when we have these discussions. So if you could just kind of give me your quick thoughts on that before we go to break. And, you know, more about that understanding, because I think we both agreed that that's what was missing in a lot of these conversations. Absolutely. I do recall that. And the issue is that it's not that we don't, black women don't necessarily feel that men are are including us, although some, it may seem that way. But the issue is that when you don't specifically state black women, that leaves um, the majority population to interpret it in a certain way. And the fact that black women are historically viewed as masculine, um, not as feminine, that um, that further feeds that stereotype. And so the issues associated with black women have to be specifically addressed so that the majority population with for whom we're advocating for equity has to understand that black women are women, that you can't equate us with men as being equal to black men. And that's why you see so many police treat black women the same way they do black men. Not that it's right on either side, but there is a phenomenon in this country where white women are allowed to be vulnerable. Black women have to be strong, and that needs to stop. It needs to stop within our own community with the I'm the strong, invincible black woman, hear me roar. I'm vulnerable. If you make me feel like I'm going to cry, I'm going to cry. But as you and I discussed, the conversation needs to evolve from what white what black women and black men think to this is what we need to present to bring about change to those who are in control now good point so let's go to this first break when we get back we're going to get hot and heavy into these morning's discussion we got some callers out there already um and this is a open call show so i got questions lined up if you're the callers out there want to ask questions again um deasia latrice is your first time hearing these queens you will find out they have amazing perspectives, and so you can call in and share your thoughts, ask your questions, and get their wisdom, if you will, or, the, or as I like to say, get their three cents on this morning's discussion. Again, this is a special edition, open call. We're opening it to the callers. I'll just be asking questions and getting their input. So let's go to this first break. We'll be right back. Well, all I ask is that you think. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. The most disrespected person in America is the black woman. The most unprotected person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman. And as Muslims, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches us to respect our women and to protect our women. And the only time a Muslim really gets real violent is when someone goes to molest 
his woman. We will kill you for our woman. I'm, I'm making it plain, yes. We will kill you for our woman. We believe that if the white man will do whatever is necessary to see that his woman gets respect and protection, then you and I will never be recognized as men until we stand up like men and place the same penalty over the head of anyone who puts his filthy hands out to put in the direction of our women. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning, special edition, open call. Black men, what do women think as we hear a famous cut that quite often makes its rounds on the Internet via memes from Matthew X, expressing that, in a sense, black women are the least protected. Um, obviously, that was in the, probably the early 60s, and here we are in 2021, and that meme still floats. And so well, I want to just, I want, I think it's the most appropriate place to start in a sense as we're doing in a sense this special edition uh, of show. And so the the question, if you will, is in a sense, if I can frame it in this manner, went, again, just highlighting that Malcolm X is my all-time hero. Uh, so a, a big fan of that man. Um, but with that said, um, if I could frame that this conversation, we've dealt with it in all kinds of ways, whether it's um, domestic violence, whether it's, sexual violence. There's all kinds of ways that we've dealt with this question on this show. Uh, and when I think about listening to that cut, here's something that crosses my mind. And um, Deja, we'll start with you. So well, something that crosses my mind when I hear that cut and over time, as I've gotten older and again, seen this on internet over and over and over again, the thing that crosses my mind is within our community specifically, there, in my opinion, seems to, in a sense, be a dilemma and a dilemma for a lot of African-American men from this standpoint, the idea of protecting our women and the idea that we have, in my opinion, too little of too little family structure to pull this off in a way in which our women in general would feel more protected. And, and all I simply mean by that is for the most part uh, outside of um, having a situation where where people easily call the police, which sometimes our community is not prone to do. Um, so outside of those situations where maybe some protection is needed, then quite often we would like to call on our kin, our brothers, our uncles, and our fathers. And the unfortunate reality for a lot of you know, black girls or black women is that's not the family structure to easily be able to do that. So it creates a dilemma in continuing to say it, but part of it, in my opinion, is the idea of not having enough family structure. And sometimes as a community, I don't think we look inward enough to say, hey, let's figure this out, and therefore our women will feel more protected. Your thoughts on that, if you will, DeAsia? I've had this conversation several times, and as I've talked about this, I've gained a better perspective on it. Um, yes, the black woman is the least protected, and when it pertains to, like, calling someone when you need help, I do feel like a lot of times you have women who are of different races who, if they're experiencing something, they just pick up and call the police. thing is, they know that if they pick up and call the police, that the police is going to, nine times out of ten, come to their aid, be on their side. Um, 
where else on our end, if we call the police, nine times out of ten, the police isn't going to be on our side, might not might not come as fast as they'll come to save the, the other woman. And also, if the black man is the person who we're calling the police on, chances are he might end up shot by the police. So... With that being said, it's like it's it's the it's the family structure because our family has been dismantled to the point where we can't just pick up and call like a uncle, brother, male cousin, or something like that. And then our the system is dismantled to where we don't have the protection from the system either. But I do feel like it's not the responsibility of just random black men to just come in and save us. I do feel like more women, even with knowing what can transpire if we do call the police, um, I feel like if a black man has attacked me, um, then I shouldn't be trying to protect him in the midst of him victimizing me. So I do feel like more black women should pick up the phone and call the police and not expect random black men to jump in and, and, and save them. Because to be honest, the white women, they're not picking up the phone calling their uncles and, 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 and fathers and things like that in the midst of an emergency either. You see them picking up the phone, they're calling the police. So, I mean, we need to call the police too and just take that chance because if if not, um, we stand the risk of being further victimized um, by just trying to protect the black man from what can possibly happen if the police arrive. Latrice, your thoughts on that? Um, I, I agree with Tiasia. Um I do feel that historically um, black women have avoided calling the police when there have been, that when issues have, um, come up in our community. When I look at the percentage of black women and girls who are molested by family members and how those, those our moms will protect that uncle um, so that he doesn't become a part of the system. But in the meantime, our children may still be victimized by having that same uncle come to birthdays and holiday dinners and still be present, although there may be a closer eye kept on him. We don't consider the impact of that. And I think it's what we experience now as adult women still trying to protect our victimizers stems from that. And I firmly believe if you're a man and if you're attacking me, then I'm going to let the chips fall where they may by calling the police. Now, that's not my, you know, I wouldn't, we have to begin to address the mental illness that exists in our community that creates those issues. And I think that's the underlying cause of these problems is that mental illness is so strong in our community, but we believe that all we got to do is pray about it while we go to the hospital and doctors for our diabetes and our heart conditions, but we leave our brain and mental conditions to the Lord for prayer. We need to begin addressing that with modern medicine, and then we may not have to call the police so frequently when we are being victimized. All right. Now, I love those thoughts. For all the callers out there, you do have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. You do have to press 1 to let us know that you want to speak or ask our Queens of Intellect a question this morning. Um, If you're online, the number is 646-787-1691 to get in. Again, that's 646-787-1691. 
if you want to get in. All right, so I'm going to go to a series of questions that I've put out on Facebook. Um, if you're out there listening online, you can also go to the Mental Dialogue Facebook uh, page and put comments under the show there, and I'll try to read those as well. Uh, but one of the first questions I kind of posted online, just to really shift the conversation, but again, I definitely wanted to start there with that actual quote, um, if you will, uh, from Malcolm X. But to shift the question completely, this is a term that we hear quite often, so uh, I think it's going to definitely take us in a different direction. But just the idea of what do you as black women, if you will, think of high-value man? I think you can figure out kind of the background for where that term comes from. But I just wanted to hear the queens of intellects, y'all thoughts on a high-value man. Deja, we'll start with you again. Go ahead, Queen. Okay. Well, I've had a conversation about the high-value man, and, of course, this has came up because of um, Kevin Samuels. He 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 has gone around and uh, started this high-value man thing, and it, it's basically, it starts with money. And for me, that's where it starts and it stops. Um they tried to make it more than that, and they tried to make it seem like, oh, okay, the, the 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 main criteria is you have to be making at least, I think it's at least six, six figures in order to be considered a high-value man. Um, I, I really don't like that term because I feel like it keeps men from, like, developing, continuing to develop their character and the things that even make them of value because money itself doesn't make you a valuable person. There's people who are are not making, uh, men who are not making six figures who are way more valuable than a man who makes six figures. A man who makes six figures who works this corporate job, he may not know how to do certain things around the house for, you know, in in case of an emergency uh, for your survival. I've actually dated a rich man um, who made more than six figures and didn't know how to boost the, didn't know how to, um, you know, when your battery die on your car, what is mm-hmm. it, boost the, um, boost the battery. I had to actually get out there and plug up the cables in order to boost the battery. What good is that man for me? Now he could call somebody, he could call somebody and pay them to, to come and do it. But in the case of emergency, if we broke down on side of the road, you don't know how to change a tire. You don't know how to uh, boost the battery. You you don't know how to do anything for me as a man. You don't give me the comfort of a man. Your money doesn't give me the comfort of a man. So to me, this high value man is a bunch of BS because the only the only thing they talk about is this man having money. And then because they have the money, they feel like that they're God's gift to women and they could treat women any kind of way just because they have a certain amount of money. And to be perfectly honest with you, 100K is not a whole lot of money in today's society. I mean, I don't have it, but it's still not a whole lot of money when you factor in everything. So it, it's just a bunch of BS, and I feel like, Kevin Samuels with his arrival on the internet, it just caused more of a divide between a black man and a black woman. And I really feel like it's something mentally wrong with the women who call him for advice because he does seem like he's playing for our side anyway. <laughs> I can dig it. Uh, Latrice, I'll get your thoughts and then we're going to go to a caller. 
All right. Um, I, I agree with the age on this. I think that whole concept of a high-value man is, is ludicrous, particularly as if you're just talking about what you earn. When I look at, st- at statistics regarding who earns percentages of money, it's only 4% of the pop- black population who earns 150 k and over. It's 2% who earns over 200000 a year. And when we look at wage inequity and the wage gap, they're doing themselves a disservice by buying into that because most of them are perpetrating the six-figure salary anyway based on statistics and data. So they're listening to this 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 person um, buying into this philosophy of being a high-value man. I honestly don't care what you how you value yourself. It's not going to diminish how I value myself. And if you don't come to me come to me correctly, then you're dismissed anyway because I earn my own. I don't need you to, and, and that shouldn't be a factor in a relationship anyway. And I think that's where a lot of men are getting it twisted, listening to this dude, thinking now that I can approach this woman and tell her I'm a high-value man. One of my friends experienced that this week, and dude was dressed horribly. His shoes were all raggedy and everything, and you calling yourself a high-value man? How about you go see a stylist and then come back to me? He called himself <laughs> Yes, he told her he was wow. a high value man, and his his he had a receding. Um, he needed to go see a barber because his hairline was receding, <laughs> and he was still trying to hold on to it. His shoes were dirty. He he represented anything but high value. Man, he could be a millionaire with a receding hairline. Look at LeBron James. <laughs> dirty, dirty shoes. <laughs> okay, okay, maybe not. Yeah, dirty. that's a dead giveaway. <laughs> I'm messing with you. You can't I'm have both, not only seeing her line and dirty shoes. And dirty no. shoes. <laughs> all, right, all right, I thought I'd be quiet. I thought I'd be quiet today. Let me get to these uh, callers. Area code 647, last 3050. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Yeah, this is Patrick. I just wanted to make a brief comment about the whole high-value man thing. Number one, that's Kevin Samuel's definition. Men have different definitions for themselves, and women can come up with individuals can come up with different definitions of what a high value person is. If, if they want to have any definition, they may just reject it outright. That's his concept with his definition, and I, I, I don't, I don't go and attack people's definition for things that they, you know, that's his. I think people need to figure out what it is for themselves. Now, I will say this. It doesn't, it's not around money. One thing Kevin Sanders actually said over and over and over, just having money does not make you high value. He says that over and over and over, but people don't want to look at that. They keep focusing on the $10,000 a month, right? So um, I just wanted to say that. Everybody has their own, come up with your own definition of what you think a person, um, how to value another person. Um, and then just use that if it works for you. That definition that he has works for him, and it works in his life, and he lives it, right? And that's not my defi- my strict definition, although some of it makes sense. Um, but that's not my definition, but it's cool that he has his own, right? All right, brother, that's it. I will, I will, I will, let me just, I will say, I think I'm trying to leave my three cents out. But to a degree, I think I heard the lady say the same thing to a degree. Obviously, they gave their opinion specifically because obviously we're only having this conversation because, in a sense, Kevin's family has kind of hit the Internet. Um, all big has become a phenomenon. He's been on the Internet for a number of years, but now he's kind of since blowing up, if you will. And so I think I, I think I heard the lady say that to a degree. I think I think each of them in there saying, A, 
I don't like it for this reason. They, I think they ultimately landed on that that that's not what it requires to be one. And I think they're saying the same thing you're saying. So I'll, I'll, I will say that. But thanks a lot for the call, um, Patrick. I always love when you call in, King. I'm going to tell you, I would like to add that, I, that I we have to recognize that we have to recognize that Kevin Samuels is an influencer. And that makes all the difference. And what that means is that people look to him for influence. And as a result of that, they begin to buy into and, and regurgitate the garbage that he speaks. And so that's why I think it's important that we look at what's happening here, because like you said, he's been on the Internet for a while, but he's gone mainstream. And they are picking and choosing which of his concepts that they choose to to carry on in conversations with women and how they choose to define women. And oftentimes they pick up on the most negative manner in which he um, discusses women. And so we have to acknowledge that influencers like him have a lot of influence in our community. D.A.G., you have some thoughts? Go ahead, please. And, yes, and to add to that in what Patrick was saying, um, I, I'm really not interested in redefining what a high value man is because that never that that wasn't a thing that men was running around saying, and we had to even task ourselves with before Kevin Samuels came along. He he came along on the internet. Now all of a sudden we're talking about like high value men, and of course, what the of course the standard. Or, or what we see in a man, we've all, always had our standards and what we consider, like, in a sense, with Kevin and Samuel saying high value or not, we already had in our mind what we consider a man of value to be anyway. Kevin Samuels comes along and gives this criteria. One of the criteria is, um, you know, the amount of money you make, the network you have, you know, the the influence that you have within your community, things like that. Yes, of course, there's different criteria to being this uh, quote-unquote uh, high-value man, but all of it, with, by based on what Kevin Samuel says, all of it is surrounding money and power. That's the only thing that it's, it's about in, in the sense of Kevin Samuels. Now, I'm able to see a man for more than that. But at the same time, we have to just be honest with the influence that Kevin Samuel has had in the division that he has caused with coming up with, you know, with just putting it out there and making it seem like, oh, okay, um, these high-value men is it, it, supposed to be the, 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 the cream of the crop, and it's all about, it's all about the money. And the average man doesn't even make that money. The, the average, and the, another thing what people have to understand, too, is Kevin Samuels. Okay. thought coming out of the break. You're listening to the Mr. Okay. Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Bye. 
Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. Just enjoyed a cut from Square Business Entertainment and Taylor Paces Forever. Definitely go check them out on all streaming music platforms. This morning's discussion is a special edition open call show, Black Men, What Do Black Women Think? Uh, we have some callers out there. The callers, if you definitely if you push one, I'm getting to you. Some of you came off the one maybe by accident. So if you want to get in, make sure you keep stay on the one. Um, DeAsia, you were finishing up a uh, uh, thought, so I wanted to get, let you finish your thought um, before we go to these callers. Yeah. Well. I'm going to be really quick. But what a lot of people don't understand is Kevin Samuels is actually an advocate for the the, the common everyday man, the blue-collar man. Um, but the way that he does it is by breaking down the women that is on the show to make them realize, hey, this is the, the type of men that you're talking about, which I would even call it high value. I'll call it high earning. The type mm-hmm. of man that you're looking for, he's lo- he's not looking for you. So your chances are your chances are better to give the the, the average man just the the common blue collar man a chance. That's what that's really what um mm-hmm. Kevin Samuel's whole thing is, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. But mm-hmm. these men that listen to it, they take it and run with it and get besides themselves. And then the women that listen to it, they get down on themselves and, and then they start I will honestly say some of them have a little bit of um a delusion and a little bit of entitlement issues. I will say that where they feel like just because I'm a good woman, I'm supposed to have all this. And you got to be honest with yourself and know that when you look at men who make a certain type of money, there are a, a, a certain type of woman that they are after. They they not typically after the woman with five and six kids who may be overweight and things like that. They're they're not usually choosing that type of woman. And Kevin Samuels he's just brutally honest about it. But I feel like his way of going about things is completely unnecessary and very divisive. And I I, I can do without him. I really could. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd like to add to that. Um, I was going to say, and before she actually went down that um, path, I was actually going to say, in a sense, women created who Kevin Samuels is today because I've Mm -hmm. often seen a lot of posts saying, I know my worth, I know my value and all of this, you know, my thing is, or, and they, and women were defining their value by their genitalia and, and Mm -hmm. looking for and thinking that, you know, perhaps that's lined in gold. And as a result, you, we created the environment that allowed for Kevin Samuels to gain the popularity that he has gained. And so we have to own our responsibility for that um, because we would turn down men um, for any reason. Um, and, 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 you know, we have to be honest about what our role in how our community is evolving, um, our role in how we allow the church sometimes to run our personal lives, I'm saving myself. I'm waiting for my king. And no, we're not doing this till we're married, and we're not doing that. And no, you have to value me, and you'll devalue me if this happens or that happens. How about we value each other as human beings and treat each other the right way because we both bleed red? How about we do that? Right. Well, I love it. Let's go to the caller. Six, seven, eight. Come back in if you want. Uh, we're gonna go to another caller now. We just missed one. Area code four seven zero. Last three zero one six. Give us your name and give us your three cents on this morning's discussion. Good morning. It's Sherdon. How are you guys doing today? How are you doing? Buddy? I knew I knew that voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, 
so much to cover here, but I'll I'll be quick and kind of give it in bullets. We got a little time. So, we got a little time. We got another caller, but you got a little time. Okay. Okay. So one thing for me with Kevin Samuels and his idea of what a high quality man is or what it is that we should expect, to me, like uh, like you said, he's defined as an influencer, right? So that does impact how the world views him. So we can't be dismissive of it. And recently there was a um, a request to have him removed from the Internet, and I saw where people said, well, he has the freedom of speech and he should be able to say whatever he wants to say, um, and if you don't like it, that you should tune into something else. Well, what bothers me about that statement is that if there was a white supremacist out spewing hate on a regular basis about Jewish people or black people or anyone else, if there was someone out there spewing hate about the LGBTQ community, um, then they would counsel them in a heartbeat. And, again, it just shows how undervalued black women are because what he's saying is degrading. And I would, ne- I would never call and get his opinion personally, but I'm also not going to put the blame on those women who call because we do live in a world that's always telling us that we have to be a certain type of woman for a man. And so there are going to be women who are not as strong-minded that's genuinely just trying to figure out if he's the influencer in the moment and people say that he has some validity in what he's saying and these women just want to find a partner, then they're calling and asking for his feedback. And any man that judges a woman by a number, he's not even worth listening to, Uh, particularly when you're dealing with a man who's, what, two two divorces out, doesn't have a woman now. The women he's saying that you should date are young girls. He's claiming that men of money have no desire to listen to. uh, They don't want a spouse that's intelligent, that matches their hustle. Like, none of that is true. Um, And last but not least, at the end of the day, we all have the right to say what our worth is, what it is that we desire in a partner. And me defining my own work, my own values, doesn't give anybody the freedom to tell me what I'm saying is idiotic or that I'm being unrealistic. You know, the truth in that will be me ending up alone for the rest of my life if what I'm personally looking for doesn't work. But it it shouldn't open the door, and and I won't take responsibility for a full-on asshole like Samuel, uh, Kevin Samuel, whatever his name is. Uh, because his self-destruction started with his daddy. That's who I blame. But I won't take responsibility for him. Hey, a lot of thoughts. Um, DH, I'll, I'll let you respond since you're done first, and then Latrice will get your thoughts, and Patrick wants to get back in as well. Okay, so because I'm a very rational, logical thinking person and I don't go in with my emotions initially, I actually like Kevin Samuels. Um, I used to listen to him when he, because he, he, he used to get on men too. I used to actually like him because he would, he seemed um, he seemed unbiased. And I do feel like men need to have a space where they're able to express themselves as men and say, you know, what men think. You know, a lot of times when men come out and they say how, how a man thinks, a lot of times women get defensive about it or whatever. So I did like that Kevin Samuels did have this platform where he's he's able to say this is what goes on in a man's head. What ended up happening, I feel like Kevin Samuels got beside himself when he started, when he got to a point where he was saying certain things and people would use sound bites, and he started using shock value. 
I don't think it's anything wrong with a woman coming to a man and asking his opinion of things because I come to men a lot and I ask them their opinion of things because it's good to know what their other side thinks. But you don't need to be, you know, that, that brutal when, you know, giving your opinion or anything. You don't have to kind of like start sizing these women up and just being nasty for no reason. It has gotten to a point where I, I don't even like him anymore because he is nasty for no reason and he's just using his shock value to propel himself in this social media space. And and, and and at this point he's become a cancer to us. And um I just feel like, you know, a lot of people have to understand too that yes, you have freedom of speech, but that doesn't mean that your freedom of speech doesn't come with consequences. You can say what it is that you want to say. That doesn't mean that it's not going to be a consequence behind it. Just the same way she said about white supremacy groups getting out here, you know, spewing their uh, spewing their foolishness. They could say what it is that they want, they want to say, but it's going to be some consequences behind it. So I'm all for them petitioning for him to be removed from 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 the internet. And a lot of people who are in the space that I am that that do uh, podcasting and they fearing. Um, they have a fear of, you know, well, if they take the right away from him, they'll take the right away from us. And Cat Williams said something very important when they were saying about, talking about how comedians, you know, need to clean up their act. He said, if you don't know how to say what it is that you say in a different way, then maybe you're not that talented. You can say what it is that you want to say, but you need to know how to say it. The way that you say something is very important. Kevin Samuels can be in his space and do what it is that he do. And change the way that he say things, and he'll still be just as successful. Look at Derek. Well, uh, yeah, he pander, but you know Derek Jackson. He 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 was successful in his space, but he said things in a different. He said things in a different way. Where else you look at uh, Derek uh, Derek Jackson, and you'll say he's pandering, you know, pandering to women and simping and all of that, which in a sense he is. But the way that he said, the way that he say things. People gravitate towards that, and only reason why people gravitate towards Kevin Samuels is for the shock value, and you have a lot of women that's going to call him and feel like women have this thing where we feel like, oh, it's not going to happen to us. I mean, it's not going to happen to me. I'm different, and I'm re- I really feel like some of those women get on the line not thinking that he's going to drag him, them like he dragged everybody else, thinking that they're better than the next woman, and then they ended up meeting their fate at the end of the day. So I just feel like he does need to be removed from the internet because he's he's too divisive at this point. We we actually have men and women who don't even make the money, don't even meet the criteria, arguing with each other about high values. And 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 the people who want to argue with you don't even meet the criteria of what he's talking about. You're not even a man he's talking about nine times out of ten, but we're um, arguing with each other. Latrice. I'm sorry, Quinn, I got you muted. Let me bring you back. Are right, you live now. Go ahead, Truth. Okay. When we think about the video that sort of went viral where the world discovered Kevin Samuels, what he was doing, he was trying to – he broke down this black woman, her physical appearance. On, for, for the public, he tore her down, and that's what sent him viral. That's very important because he went viral tearing down a black woman, although he'd been on, on the airwaves, the internet waves for years, that's what sent him viral. And that's what created the following 
that he has. And there were so many men, black men, waiting to pick up on that and carry that anti-black woman torch that it's, it's Facebook groups with thousands of members where they break down black women. They tear down black women. And it's a shame that a black man is willing to build his platform tearing down black women and that we as a community are supporting that. The world isn't going to take his platform away. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, they're not going to take his platform away because it's just black women. We don't care. They're the ones who are creating his viral moment. So why should we interfere with that? We hey, need to look at. We need to shine that mirror in our in our community. That's what we need to shine that mirror. Hey, strong thoughts. We're up against the break. Uh, Shadon, I'll let you get a thought coming out of the break. We'll get to Patrick. For the other callers out there, if the first time calling in, you do have to press one to let us know that you want to speak. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good, it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of intelligent radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most It's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, Pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still go with me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. Even walk like money. Moneymotivation.com. Moneymotivation.com. We were fortunate enough last Saturday to have on the CEO Longtime sponsor of Money Motivation, uh, Mark Ranger, for last week's conversation. Highly recommend you go back and check out that show, uh, which we were talking about what exactly does a black economic movement look like. Incredible show, um, highlighting the fact, again, that they've been longtime sponsors. we got some things we're going to do together here in the near future. Super excited about, so just stay tuned to what moneymotivation.com was going to be doing and being our sponsor of being the hottest streetwear brand apparel in the land right now. I um, want to go back to the caller. Uh, done for the caller that got out and got back in, just press. All you have to do is press one one time. We will get to you. We just have to get around to it. So, um, Shadun, I want to give you one last thought um, after these ladies gave a response to what you had to say. Thank you, Queen, for calling in this morning. 
No, thank you guys for this conversation. And I'll just quickly say this. You know, at the end of the day, it's time to hold black men responsible. Even when we're in our uh, with best intent, uh, a lot of times black women are still to blame for the shortcomings, for the negativity, for the dismissiveness, and, and, and essentially the fact that we are placed so low on the totem pole. And I don't think it's not that we want to take responsibility for our actions. We can absolutely still work on ourselves, but we can't keep making room or giving excuses for uh, people who treat us wrong. Black men, they do need their own space, but they need to have a conversation about one another. His, his conversation, in my opinion, should have been, how can we be better as black men for black women? And what are some things that we can do? And as women, we can have that conversation amongst each other. And lastly, I'll say any man that um, takes pride and joy out of arguing with black women, being dismissive, degrading black women to his point, is not a man at all. So I don't even feel comfortable even categorizing him as a man because I don't feel safe or protected with any man that wants to argue with me. And that's just not a manly trait to me to begin with. There's a difference between having a debate and downright arguing with women. And in most of the videos that I've seen, note that I've not watched any full videos because I don't want to give him any shine. I've only watched clips from other pages. But the way he tells women, no, no, don't interrupt me, shut up, I'm talking, and you're only a five, and Beyonce's only a seven, and, you know, he's just he's pure ignorance. And if we're going to listen to people for feedback, then we need to listen to people who have either, A, been successful in those spaces. Uh, for him, it would be relationship, and he has not been successful in those spaces at all. Um, or people who have actually went to school and are educated in those spaces. And considering that he's a former customer service representative, sales associate for retail stores, um, and by his own definition of stylist, we shouldn't be listening to him at all in the space of love. Whether we agree or not, he's definitely nobody's expert. And that's my three cents. Hey, thank you for your three cents, Queen. Absolutely. Can I bring um, you so Go ahead, please, whoever. Um, I was just going to say, when we, really, when we really, and you know how I feel about looking at the root cause of things, when we, what, what, what's really happening here, we actually need to look at how a Kevin Samuels comes to be, and it speaks to the brokenness in our community. And that brokenness, if we really go back to the root cause of it, it was caused by one of the original sins of this country, um, and that is slavery. And when you think about um the ancestors of enslaved Africans and how we came to be free in this country. Our family structure was completely ripped apart. And even after slavery, when we were, we found our way to come together, when they instituted the housing laws, they broke us apart again. And so we've not figured out how to build a familial foundation and how to come together as men and women and be in solid relationships and build together. It's a competition and it shouldn't be a competition. We need to get together, get into counseling and come together as black men and black women and learn how to build together and stop competing with each other. Um, And if we did that, the Kevin Samuels of the world would become irrelevant in a heartbeat. I love the thoughts uh, for the callers. Again, you have to press one if you want to get in. For those online, the number to get in is six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. Again, six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. This next question is pretty much in the same vein, but I'm gonna 
I'm going to throw this out there uh, in the idea of when you hear the question, in a sense, if we can get away from Kevin Samuels, even though this is kind of what he does, if you will. And I'm, and I'm, I'm saying that as a preface to kind of to give another thought with, in a sense, Kevin Samuel aside, because this is one of the questions that I put up on Facebook uh, that I wanted to ask y'all this morning. So I'll go ahead and ask it because it seems appropriate at this moment. But again, I want to, in a sense, have you both answer it in a sense, if possible, without thinking about Kevin Samuels, because this gets done regardless of whether, you know, in a sense, Kevin Samuels is an influencer. And so the question that I posted on uh, the Minute Dollar IG page and Facebook was, you know, what do black women think about men critiquing women? And so I'll twist it a little bit and I'll start with you, DeAsia. Um, is there ever a time where the opposite sex can critique one another? Uh, in, in your opinion, I think that black men should be able to critique black women. The problem is a lot of black men don't know how. So then we have to figure out a way for them to be able to. They well, they need to figure out a way to be able to critique us. Um, without making it seem as if they're trying to control us in a sense, um, a, a men have this thing where they feel like like there there'll be one individual man feel like they own all of the women, so they feel like their thoughts on a, uh, on on women as a whole is the only the only way that a woman is supposed to be. And so you have uh, these uh, men a lot of times, they'll come out and they'll give their opinions on women, uh, like their hair, whether uh, they wear makeup or not, and things like that. And essentially I feel like that is an attack on femininity because a lot of the things that we do is just an expression of our femininity. It has nothing to do with us trying to garner a man's affection. And men somehow think that everything that we do as women is to get their affection and it's for them. And a lot of times they critique us, they critique us in a way of not really understanding the reason why we do certain things. I feel like if a man sat down and talked to us and really understood why we did did certain things, I think that the critique that they have for us will go over a whole lot smoother. Um, if they just understand the basis of why we did things. I don't think there's anything wrong, again, with them critiquing us. They just have to know how. And, hey, we're listening to y'all today. That's what this show is. I'm keeping my three cents out. Um, Latrice, uh, any thoughts on that question? we got a lot of calls. Sure. I, mm-hmm. sure. Um, words matter. And and when, we're, when we really think about it, um, like Deja said, they don't. Many times they don't understand why we do certain things. So instead of asking why, they they poke fun of it or they you know make very critical remarks. The one thing that I wish we could get away from is critiquing each other on social media, sharing clips or pictures of somebody that we saw and then making negative remarks about them. Um, the way that you give critique someone is to give feedback in private. For instance, if I if I'm if I've left the house and I'm with you Montoya and you know that I'm looking crazy in a plaid outfit with a plaid shirt with some striped mm-hmm. pants, I wouldn't expect for you to take a picture of me and say, Look at this clown, look how she dressed. I would expect mm-hmm. you to pull me aside and say, Hey Queen, you know, stripes and plaid don't you know, or stripes and polka dots don't go together, you know, what's mm-hmm. up? 
but that's not what happens. We we all want to be go viral on social media, and so we do things to get likes. And unfortunately, that hurts people along the way. And so we need to understand. I mean, when we think about work in an HR perspective, if your supervisor has to give you feedback, they're not going to stand in front of a of a crowd in the team meeting and say that project you submitted last week sucks royally. The formatting was off. You had misspelled words. That's just not what you do. You find a way to give feedback in a positive way so that people can receive it. The brain is not designed to receive harsh feedback. As a matter of fact, the brain perceives harshness the same way as if someone had punched them. So when you tell me that you're ugly or you're too fat, my brain perceives that as you just punched me. It doesn't know how to distinguish between the two. And yeah, that's, that's data. Yeah, I think that's very important. And again, I'm trying to keep my three cents out. But something I love to say is it's kind of indirectly related to this because it can be used in a lot of places. But just the idea of once you have information and, and you may be right, if you will, the responsibility still is always on you on how you deliver it. Um, and sometimes because we don't understand that we will, as you say, clown or, you know, may have good intentions with initially delivering it. But if we feel like it's not received, then we will resort to clowning the person, and now you're the a-hole because, again, the responsibility was on you on how to deliver this information that you, you know, maybe write about or think you write about because you're not concerned with those things. So very good talk. Uh, let me go mm-hmm. to the call. We got um, area code 407, last 3400. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Hi, Montoya. Good morning, ladies. It is Ashley. I was calling. I had <laughs> a few cents. Um, I don't know if you all have seen that meme where it talked about um, men have to get women to like them now. Um, pretty much his premise of, you know, a lot of men have ideals about what a woman is or, like, how she should be based on what they've seen from older generations and how that has impacted things. And just listening to what DeAsia said, um, they think that what we do is for them, right? And oftentimes when I talk to women, what we do is because we actually want to do it. And so then that becomes, like, how are black men having conversations with us? Because oftentimes, in my experience, in the experience of my friends, those relationships, there is an unspoken intention or motivation behind them, right? So you can't offer critique for someone or for women when what you're really wanting from them is sex or or you're wanting a way to use them or have them as an object, and you're really not knowing how to have a healthy, friendly relationship with women in order to convey that critique or in order for you to say, like, hey, this is a teachable moment. Let me give you this knowledge or let me give you this game, right? But often that's not the place that men are coming from. And it makes it very difficult as a woman to navigate those waters because you don't know what the intent or the motivation is behind the comments that men are making. No, that's a, that says a lot. Oh my goodness. Um, I definitely can hundred percent respect that. Cause as I listen to you say that, I'm just throwing this out cause we're about to go to break. But as I listen to you say that, Ashley, then what I heard to what I thought to myself was, so it makes so much sense why that critique can be easily given by her brother, if you will, versus, like you said, just that wonderment of is this critique 
have something underlying behind it. And unfortunately, you almost have to always think about that to a degree because for the most part, we are pursuing you in most cases. And so I can see how that's not as easily received in that situation versus your brother, who you can kind of assume is only, as you said, giving you the game because he's your brother. So uh, great thoughts. I'll keep you on after the break as well, Queen. We are up against the break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. All I ask is what you think. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. You heard a beautiful cut, one of my favorite cuts by Derry Moore. Moore. Soul Sister, just paying a little tribute to our queens as we're having our special edition open call, Black Men, What Do Women Do? What Do Black Women Think? I wanted to get the Asians and Latrice's thoughts on what Ashley called in to say. I think she said some excellent things, but if you will, Deja, I'll start with you again. Um, hopefully I got you. Uh, go ahead, Queen. Um, Ashley made some very, very good points, and she's right. Um, a lot of these men, the things that they're critiquing us on, it's not anything productive. It's not anything that is going to essentially make us better women. It's the uh, things that they look for, um, like on the outside, the aesthetic of a woman, um, trying to, you know, control the way that. And I, I really don't even feel like men care that much about those things. I just feel like they want, I feel like men think that they're losing us. And I think they want to have something, you know, we we, we are being empowered now, Um you know, more women are, you know, taking care of themselves, not really needing a man for the traditional things that we used to need men for. And I feel like men, 
in a sense feel like we're slipping away. So they, the, the, the smallest, the, the, the simplest little mm-hmm. thing that they could try and control, I feel like they try and control. Back in the day, men weren't getting in women business talking about hair weave and makeup and things like that. Men didn't have those type of conversations because they had the ultimate control, which was the finances. Now men don't have that control anymore. And so now they're just, they're just grasping for straws, trying to find like the silliest thing to try to try and control. And so their critique, it doesn't actually go over well because one, it's not constructive. Two, it's not productive. What 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 are we gonna gain? And so what ends up happening when these men start saying these different things? The only thing we think about, okay, you're saying this because type of woman that you like, right? So we're in our mind, we're gonna be like. Just go find the type of woman that looks like what you want. Don't tell me what to do. That's that's how that's how we're going to that's how we're going to respond to that. So we mm-hmm. don't get anywhere. Now, if it's a thing where, like I know, like men now are in this thing where they're like, oh, I want my woman with natural hair and all that. In the and back in the day, um, that wasn't the case. I remember when I first went natural, that wasn't the case. Men were like, you need to straighten your hair and things like that. And I feel like now that more women have, um, it's a flip side to that too, because I feel like now since more women have been able to embrace themselves and now men are kind of getting more comfortable and used to seeing a black woman look like a black woman, I think there are men who genuinely prefer that. But again, they need to, figure out a way to say that without making someone feel bad in the process. Uh, makes sense. Latrice, your thoughts on what Ashley had to say? <clears throat> I, she she has a point, and sort of to DeAsia's point, one way to say it is, you know, if, if you're in a relationship with someone or, you know, instead of, you know, I really like it when you wear your natural hair. Mm-hmm. What that's doing, that's appealing to that woman who wants, you know, most women in, in a relationship want flattery from her man, and they want to do things in a sense that keeps them happy. And if I know that, hey, wearing my natural hair is what you prefer, then and I prefer it too, but if you just, if I decide one day that I want to put on a wig or wear a weave for whatever reason, and you just say, why, well, you know, I don't like weaves, or it's all about words. You can take that, I don't like weaves, to, you know, I really prefer when you wear your natural hair. Mm-hmm. Same impact, different words. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we got to look at Right. So if you look at how you present something to someone, how you present it determines on how that person is going to react. Makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Let me get one last thought from Ashley, then we go to another caller. Um, Ashley, um, your thoughts on what the ladies had to say about your, about your comments. Thank you for your three cents this morning. Yeah, you know, I think I think they have all really added some points. And I think the, the, the three things, and I'll make them quick, that I walked away after the lady spoke is, um, you know, is is what I, I think I would really like black men to ask themselves is what they're going to say, um, what they're saying, is that going to protect her, uplift her? And if it's not going to do all of those things, right, and really keeping in mind that you should be looking at every black woman and it should not be something that we have to bring up to say, imagine if this was your sister or this was your daughter or this was your mother, right? Like you should hold black women in that regard. And when you do that, are the things that you're about to let come out of your mouth, are they going to uplift this black woman? Are they going to protect her? And I know this is not all black men, right? And so I I think with all of those things in mind, right, 
What we're saying is our experience. So please don't try to negate that. That's something that happens often when you talk to black men about the that black women have that that can't be true or that hasn't happened to the people that they know. But I'm telling you as a woman, as a woman, that the majority of us have had this same experience. And so I think that's really what I walked away from, from what they said and just like really thinking about it some more. No, absolutely. Um, just to highlight um, Ashley, she was actually on last Saturday's show. She is one of our Queens of intellect. So just wanted to highlight, please go check out last Saturday's show. It was an amazing show on, um, what exactly does black economics look like? So thank you for last Saturday, Ashley. I'll say that live on the air to you. Thank you for your three cents this morning. All right, let's go to um, got Patrick trying to get back in. Uh, Calvin coming out of that. If you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646-787-1691. Um, Patrick, getting you back up in here out of Canada. Are you, well, living, living out of Canada. You're from the States, but you're in Canada for what I understand. Well, go ahead, King. What you got for us? Patrick, did you live? Hey, um, I just wanted to say that, that men and women communicate differently. I think men are a bit more direct. I don't think for either um, gender to go around and be rude, in their conversation about anything, I think that's that's unacceptable, and that that falls squarely on both sides. But I think men are more direct, and um, that's just the way we communicate. And I don't really see that there's anything wrong with it because there's a reason why. Historically, and all men really are more direct than women, um, and I don't want to get into that and take too much time, but. I just think, you know, there has to be listening. Now, if people can want whatever it is that they want, and I think men are just, men can want what it is they want. If if their their wants are unreasonable, they're not going to find it, right? They're going to have a lot of trouble finding it. And the same with women. You can want whatever you want, but if if you're if what you want is unreasonable, it may be unattainable, right? So, um, I don't I don't really think that there's there's, I mean, there there may be you know people saying things that other people don't like, and I and I get that, and I know there's a lot of I feel this and I feel that, but I think we have to listen. I think just like we have to listen to what women want. What do you want? And then women will say what they want. And I think the same should should be applied to men. We should be able to say what it is we want, whether no matter what it is, somebody feels about it, right? If somebody wants fitness and they should be able to say, I want fitness. And if a bunch of men say, I want fitness, they should be able to say that, right, regardless of how it makes somebody else feel because, number one, it wasn't rude. And number two, um, it's what they want, right? Now, if it's unrealistic, if they're asking for a bunch of unrealistic stuff, then there doesn't need to be a whole lot of conversation about it because they won't get it, right? Um, so let, me, let, me, so let me jump in here. Yeah, if you don't mind, you know, because I would, I, I, to a degree, um, I just want to let the, the ladies jump in on what you're saying. So, Deja, I'll, I'll let you respond. Um, Patrick, you're absolutely right. Um, everybody should be able to say what it is that they want. The difference is if a man says that he wants a woman that is into fitness, that man should start seeking women who are into fitness. What ends up happening is that man that is into fitness, he goes an extra step. 
instead of him just saying, I want a woman that's into fitness, a lot of times they turn around and say, all women should be fit and, and, and start blasting women who are not fit. And that's the that's the difference. It's okay for you to have your personal preferences. We all have them. It's not. It's abs- I don't think any woman would have a problem with a man actually have his personal preference. I could go so far as men who date outside their race. We don't actually care that men date outside their race. What we care about is using us as some type of example and making it seem like it's something wrong with us and, and trying to use that to justify why you're dating outside your race. If you're going to, if you're into women who are fit, then you 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 need you need to actually be seeking those women out and that's just simple as that. And I will say this too, you also said that men and women communicate different. Men and women we 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 think different. We don't necessarily always we don't necessarily communicate differently. Um women are just as direct as men are. The difference is when men women are direct, we're called aggressive. So that's the difference. It's, we're not we 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 are direct, but we get shut down for being direct. So it's not per, it's not perceived the same way. So I think we want I think we need to correct that as well. Maybe we think different, but we conveying our message a lot of times it is is the same. Um, Latrice, your thoughts? And so so I'm I'm about to to you're about to experience direct communication from a woman because I do I do communicate directly. So first of all, that comment is sexist that men are more direct because women are also direct. I'm one of those direct women, and I believe DeAsia is as well. Um, second, the statement that's just the way we communicate. That's a cop out because you always have to be concerned about intent and impact. So regardless of your intention, you still have to be concerned about the impact. And communication is two-way. There is a sender and a receiver. And if the sender isn't, isn't sending the message in a way that the receiver can receive it, guess what? You've wasted your time. And so you have to, you have to adapt your message so that it can be received. Now, with regard to preferences, we all have them, and it's okay. That's how we're built. We like certain things. We dislike other things. But when you have a preference, then go for that preference. Leave those who don't fit that preference out of the equation. It's no need to post on social media, I don't like fat women. Don't date fat women. Go for fit women. It's no need to post on social media, I hate women that wear makeup. Guess what? doesn't matter what you think because we don't fit your preference, so why feel the need to make those kinds of comments? Just go for women who don't wear makeup. Those are the kinds of issues we're talking about. We're not denying that people have preferences. We're not saying that people should not have preferences. We have preferences. Women have preferences. Don't think that women just accept whatever raggedy band comes along to try to get in our lives. We don't. We like some. Some of us like men that are fit. Some of us like men that are a little more fluffy. Some of us like men. Some know. of us like bald heads. So, nah. Well, let me say this: the women in my circle don't accept any raggedy old man that comes along. They have preferences, and they stick to those preferences. I just, I definitely with y'all. We're gonna get your response coming um, out of this quick break. Very quick break, so we'll get your response. 
If you will, Patrick, just make sure you're quiet during the break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. Hey, if y'all loving this conversation this morning, make sure you are sharing it on social media. Help help what we're doing. If you think this is, the, in a sense, the type of conversations you want to go viral, help us go viral by sharing it while you're listening. Please share it with your friends. So, you know, the link is on the Mitchell Dialogue Facebook page. is also in the I, um, bio of the, um, the Instagram page. That's where the show is at all times, as well as obviously on Blog Talk Radio, which we're on right now. So you can go to Blog Talk Radio, look up Mental Dialogue, and share the show with your family and friends and help us have these much-needed dialogues. This morning's discussion, special edition, open call, Black Men, What Do Black Women Think? Um, Patrick, I wanted to give you a chance to respond. If I could just highlight again, I'm trying to keep my three cents out of it this morning, but if I could highlight, I think I heard the ladies, just to throw this out, and I definitely want to get your response, Patrick, but I think I heard the ladies absolutely agree with um, you have a right to a preference. Nothing wrong with it. You can say it. You can be direct. Um, but the thing that both of them seem to highlight is the idea, and I, I, I hadn't thought about it until I heard these ladies say it, but it, and it makes sense that quite often while I have a preference, yeah, why am I talking about the women who don't meet that preference? Why am I even speaking on them? I'm not saying you do that, um, but that is, I think, a lesson learned um, in just hearing these you know, ladies give us um, their perspective. Um, your thoughts to what the ladies had to say, Patrick? Yeah, I start off by saying that there's no excuse for that kind of thing. There's no excuse for being rude and 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 being out of order when talking about these things, and that's included. So I said that when I so let me let me let me let me, let me, uh, thing, let me Patrick, let me jump in real quick. So I need you to understand that that doesn't say the same as don't talk about other people I, I, that I, don't I, keep the So I, no 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 no. Listen, to what I'm saying. Listen, to what I'm, saying. I'm letting you know that so this is kind of falling into what the ladies are talking about. Being, under, being aware of how it's being received. So I'm just letting you know. I'm not even going against you right now. I'm just saying what you just said, in my opinion, is nowhere close to what the lady said. And I just wanted you to be aware of saying don't be rude, don't be out of order, doesn't convey, don't speak about other than your preference. I'm just letting you know that those comments are not equal and making you aware of that. Go ahead. I, I know that. That's why I'm clarifying it, saying that that's what I meant. <laughs> that's your exact point is what I'm saying. I know it doesn't cover it, which is why I'm saying now that I meant when I said that statement, I meant that to cover it because it didn't. It wasn't clear. So that's why I'm clarifying. Okay. So um, another thing, another thing is, you know, saying that men are more direct in their communication than sexist is not true. I don't want to get into why. I don't want to get into the story. There's been plenty of psychological papers on communication, men and women, over the years. I don't want to get into that. But that's not sexist. That's based on research, right? Um, number. So I can go up to the host. And what's your name again, brother? I'll forget. I can Montoya. Go up to the host. Montoya. And if you got a little belly, and I know you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I can go tap you on the belly and like, yo, man, what's up with this? What, what you doing? You know what I mean? That's the kind of direct communication that men have with each other. I mean, we can basically say almost anything to each other. 
I don't know if that's exactly the same with women. I think because women are a bit more emotional, that kind of direct Ooh. communication probably is not as bad. As, and Montoya, I would like to get your thoughts on that. And whether you think that's true or not. Because we yeah. say some things to each other. So, so, you, so you pull it out my feet, whereas I was just moderating, if, if you will. Uh, but I will, I will, I will agree with um, the last statement in this standpoint. And I think DeAsia, you and I have talked about this. I say, uh, I said quite often, I said women don't want to find out how we talk about each other in the locker room. Um, you know what I mean? And I know that women, to a degree, on their own, you know, DeAsia, you and I both have agreed with this. That on y'all, on y'all are saying a lot of things that we necessarily wouldn't want to hear or whatever. But the the but is in agreement with Patrick in this sense of how we talk to one one another. Men posture in a way that we are outside looking in. If you see me in my circle of friends, you might actually think we're actually degrading to one another. Um, but obviously, we have enough history to where um, you know we do it uh, on a level that 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 we do believe is absolutely uh, you know much more direct. Uh, you know, we have this idea that ladies have to correct us if you're wrong, but like even the example that Patrick just gave, yeah, your boy may say, man, what the hell's going on with you, you big fat, you know, your big fat ass stomach. We have this assumption that ain't how y'all talk to each other. And if we're right about that, that's kind of what Patrick is alluding to from what I understand. So, my, no, so Montoya, I've been sitting yeah, here biting my lip. Anything like- I, I've been biting my lip. It's bleeding right now because I've been biting my lip. So, okay, go ahead. first of all, First of all, what you said is sexist, and then you add it to that sexism by saying women are more emotional. Women can be more emotional, but there are women that are not as emotional. I'm one of them. So it doesn't, you can't just quantify all women as being emotional. And what I said about women being direct, the Asia hit on that when when she made her comment that women who are direct are perceived as aggressive, are perceived as bitches. Let's just be honest. That's what happens. And so some women may choose not to be direct, and then there are others like me who don't care. You think what you think. But I'm not going to waste time sugarcoating things. If I can tell you something in two minutes, I'm going to tell you in two minutes instead of making it warm and fuzzy in five. Second, to address the the locker room comments, when we're with our girls, we do the same thing. We do precisely the same thing. We tell each other, what's, what's up? Who, what's happening with the noise? Yeah, I'm not sure which um, one you're from. Sorry. Right. So we do the same thing. My friend Shay and I, we had a conversation last Saturday about the COVID-19 pounds that I put on and what I'm going to do to shed them. So we do the same thing, but the, the difference is we have a rapport with each other. If you don't build a rapport with someone, anyone, if somebody just walks up to you and told you, Montoya, dang, you got a big belly, you're not going to receive that the same way you would from one of your boys. You have to build a rapport. And that's the difference. Women do the same thing that men do when we're in our circle with our girls. It's no different. The thing is, you need to stop quantifying things as women do this and women do that. And, yes, research from the 80s indicated that. But if you read modern research, neuroscientific research, there are certain brain differences, but communication isn't one of those. Um, the age of your thoughts? It, it, I, I totally agree with her, and we have to understand that research can be biased. Um, so... <clears throat> The thing is, is she's absolutely right in saying that the the first and the second comment um, were actually sexist, and it was something that was said that was very important 
important to point out. Patrick said that he doesn't know what what how women communicate amongst each other, but went on to say that you know women are more emotional and women are not direct. And I, I didn't say that. That's actually that's actually ignorant because you said that you 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 really don't know. Uh, well, I, that's what I heard. So I mean, okay. if if that's not I what you said, then I, I do apologize. If there, is, if there isn't any clarity, let's give him a chance to give any if he wants to give some clarity because I don't I don't I I thought I heard maybe heard that as well. So maybe we misunderstood him. So if you want to give clarity right now and then you continue, um, Deasia, go ahead, Patrick. No, I didn't. I didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't say that. I don't know. We are, especially as men of a certain age. We've been around women. We have mothers, sisters. We've dated. We have an insight into just like women have an insight into how a lot of men. Now, I will say that I didn't say all, oh, not every woman, and I didn't think I had to say that because I think when we make statements, we generalize because we're making statements about right. a topic. Right. Of course, I don't mean every woman. Like, mm-hmm. that, right. yeah, but I, I guess I need to stop it. I guess I need to stop no, saying that because when it's I hear women men, men, men this and men that, I don't think that they're talking that you're talking about every single man. That I, I understand that you're making a generalized comment for the sake of the conversation, so we uh, don't have to, you know, say that. So I just want to say sexist. that. It's sexist. It's sexist. No, I get that, okay, but, but it's still a sexist remark. It's very sexist, and it's a bold, dangerous blanket statement. To be perfectly honest, it's um, it, it, it's dismissive. It's, it, and I will say, and I think with us saying that it's sexist, it, it probably you know, I, the, the negative connotation that it has is probably doing something in your brain to where you're not able to accept it. But I will say this: no. it's dismissive. It's very dismissive to. It's it's kind of like you saying, "Hey, you know, well, I, I, I'm not going to even respect what it is that the that women are saying because we, we know that they're emotional when they say certain things. So you could you just need to just look over certain things that they say because you know they're emotional creatures. They're saying things out of emotion. So let's just don't even pay attention to what they're saying. It comes that basically it comes off like that. Well, it essentially. You you're you're might you might not think that you're saying that, but it's very dismissive, and that's what it comes off to. Because why would you preface something with, "Oh, women are emotional," and that's right. gonna make people automatically dismiss what a woman is saying because they're thinking that she's only saying it out of emotion. So who's gonna listen to someone who's an emotional wreck? And that's intent versus impact. Don't, that's, don't try to figure out why I'm saying it. it's just a disagreement. You don't have to put no, I know, know you're saying. I know, I know why it's you're saying it because we're living in a misogynistic, patriotic society, and this sexism is go. ingrained. So I know why it is that you're saying it. And, and again, you, you don't know anybody. Con- right, and you have to consider intent versus impact. You can't just say, "Don't try to figure out why I said it." You have to understand that when you say words, while you have an intent for what the impact that your words are going to make, the impact that actually is made, you have no control over. And so what I'm you're saying is that it's sexist, it. it's sexist to say that women are more emotional or women are not direct. That's what we're saying. We're telling you from a female perspective that that's how that's perceived. Regardless of what your intention was when you said it, when women hear that, 
We perceive that to be a sexist remark. And why you said it and what your intention for saying it should not matter at this point. Because you have two women on here saying to you, when we hear that, that is that means sexism to us. Because historically, those comments have been used to keep women down. All right, let me jump in. Let me jump in, Patrick. I'm going to let you say something. We're going to get to some other callers. So I'm going to reiterate a little bit of what you're hearing and, and just and asking what is your thoughts on, on this, this question here. So... Um, I will tell you, Patrick, I don't think your intent is what they're saying. I'll tell you that, you know, from, you know, just having you been on the show, coming on the show quite often, I don't think that's your intent. However, can you listen to what Latrice just said to you from the standpoint of she's saying versus you trying to provide clarity on your intent? Are you aware of that despite your intent, Women will receive it, and some, and you're hearing it right now as we speak, in my opinion, as I sit back and listen to this. You're hearing, I'll use the word, triggered to hear it the way they're going to hear it. So what I think Latrice is saying to you is if you become aware of that if you say that, regardless of your intent, it's going to be received that way. Now, this goes back to the top of the hour when Ashley made her great comment, and I said we have to be aware that the – the um, onus is always on us that are delivering the message, never on the receivers. So I think it aptly applies right now if you're open to hearing that. So it's not even I'm, – I'm not questioning your intent. They have a right to, obviously, as women, and they they could be right. I'm not saying they're wrong or right. But can you be aware that I – and this is a lesson for me as well, that the intent ain't always enough based on – because it's something that's commonly said, they're going to receive it the way others who may mean it as being dismissive as um, the Asia is saying. I personally, again, don't think you're being that dismissive, but it's, 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 most women are not going to be able to hear that from, because of how that, those terms are often used is the lesson I'm learning just from hearing both of these ladies kind of slide the same way. So I'm trying to you know, let you know I hear you, brother, but can you hear them is my question to you. I, I hear them because they're disagreeing, and that's fine. There's, there's nothing wrong with that, and I think triggered is the right word to use. But there's nothing wrong with that. They're they're doing they're doing, they're, they're doing oh, that. Now I have a question because well, I have a question because great. if it was a woman, if it was a woman saying this, would it be sexist? It would be. A woman wouldn't say that. A woman did the research that I was referring to and talked about it. Yeah, some women do. It was a woman psychologist that did. Hey, Patrick, I'm going to have to let you go, brother. We've got some other callers that we want to get in, so I definitely appreciate you um, getting in this morning. Uh, we are up against the break. We'll be right back. We'll be listening to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. I know that I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. 
Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's special edition, Open Call, Black Men, What Do Black Women Think? Another cut from Taylor Place and Square Business Entertainment. Definitely go find them on YouTube Music as well as all other music streaming platforms. Um, I will highlight this before we get to our other callers. Um, well, I definitely want to let the dialogue go, and it was interesting to hear it. Um, Patrick, if you do, or if you are, if you do happen to so be still listening, um, I will say, in my opinion, um, the lessons that, that I'm learning from again doing this show, wanting to listen to our queens, is just the idea that uh, part of the reason maybe I can have some of the very same dialogues that I think Patrick may be attempting to have right now that I could have with the Deasia or Latrice, and you, you, you pointed this out, um, Latrice, is the idea that there's rapport there. So due to the rapport our dialogues can maybe be a little more direct. That is a lesson learned for, um, I think, if we're, again, if we're going to do a show where we're listening to our queens, maybe that's a lesson learned, yeah, to be randomly be out in public and try to represent something or say something that, you know, maybe I now understand is going to, uh, again, I did use the word trigger, trigger, even though that wasn't my intent. So the bigger lesson is to learn, as Deasia said, earlier how to say it and realize that saying it that way or focused on that way or as y'all are saying some things are generally sexist and so if I say the same thing with a different intent it does not matter is the biggest thing I took from both of you ladies um, I'll give y'all a couple of thoughts on that and then we're going to go to some callers so, so um, I want to say something go ahead go ahead on the Asia no go ahead on okay Okay, I'll go. I did want to say something about um, the ending of what Patrick said really briefly. Um, at the end, he was saying that if he, if, 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 if I was a woman and I said it, it wouldn't be sexist. And also he said that he got his research from a woman. Um, I want you guys to understand that women can be misogynistic too. And also, even if it was a woman that said it doesn't mean that you can repeat it. Um, if, if, a, if a white person says that, if we say the N-word to each other, right? If, a, if we say the N-word to each other, well, it's not considered racist because we're yeah. saying it to each other, right? So, so the thing is, but if a white person say the N-word, it's considered racist. So just because this group, this demographic say something, that's just like women, uh, you know, some friend groups, they call themselves uh, B's and H's, right? That doesn't mean that a man could come in and say it. So you just because you hear a woman say something or you got your research from a woman who could very well be misogynistic and she could be sexist herself, and just because she says something, it doesn't mean that you as a man 
can turn around and repeat that, and it's going to go over well. It's, it's just not. At that time, once it come out of your mouth, then it's going to be deemed as sexist because that is not something that a man should be saying to a woman. Now, women, we could talk amongst each other and correct each other, and that's the difference in the direct of the direct communication women we do have conversations with each other and we be direct with each other and say girl don't do this or don't do that or you doing this or you fucking up over here or whatnot we have those types of conversations with each other that men are not privy to and certain things that women and when men get some type of um insight on these conversations that women have they feel like they could turn around and they can regurgitate that information and it's going to blow over well and it's not because you're the wrong messenger for that message now that's strong let me highlight this i know latricia want to say something i just wanted to highlight for anybody that may have tuned in on the second hour um as i hear you say that the agent i just wanted to highlight in the first hour because nobody would, if they didn't hear the first hour they wouldn't know this but you are one that also says men can critique Men can critique women, and so the, what you just mm-hmm. described so brilliantly, uh, I, I definitely received what you just said, but I just wanted to highlight that, too, because if somebody just tuned in, they might be hearing you as saying, men can't critique women. I don't want that to be you know, lost in the clarity that you were making by, about the idea of being the wrong message. I thought that was a brilliant point. I receive it again. I love learning from both of you. I think you're brilliant. Um, Latrice, your thoughts before we go to Calvin out of South Carolina? Sure. Sure, and I'm, I'm glad you came back and talked about using the word trigger because what that did, that gave Patrick a passive, a, a, an opportunity to make yeah, a passive-aggressive attempt when he said that exactly. triggered is the right word. So what yes. I want to say mm-hmm. is that I, I wasn't triggered. I was coming from a professional perspective because I do diversity, equity, and inclusion for a living. And so I was attempting to explain to him the concept of intent versus impact, and he mm-hmm. couldn't move beyond the fact that, he perceived disagreement there when I was mm. actually using it as a teachable moment that he, unfortunately, was not ready to receive. I wasn't triggered at all. I do this for a living. I talk about sexism, racism, homophobia, and all of these things for a living. And I was trying to explain to him that using those, those, those generic catch-all phrases for women, women don't speak directly or women are emotional, that's outdated research. Use research from 2020, 2021. Even you can go back as far as 2016, 2017, where there is research stating that that research, that old research was done by a lot of men and some women who probably bought into the patriarchal type mentality. But when we look at scientific, neuroscientific type research, we communicate. Gender doesn't determine a person's communication style. There are right. so many other factors right. that go into it. And that's the only thing that we were trying to get Patrick to understand. We weren't saying that his intent was to be sexist. We were mm-hmm. saying that those words, the impact, impacts women. So if he's someone's boss at work, if, he's, if he has women reporting to him in his workplace and he's, he has the mindset of women are, are more emotional or women can't speak directly, then that mindset unconsciously impacts his perception of that woman who might be reporting into him and thus impacts her career trajectory. That's why it's important to call those kinds of statements out. Hey, I respect and, and, you know what's so, and you know what's so interesting is that the fact that with the with having the dialogue, even using the word trigger, it's it it, it 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 speaks to the point where like hearing a woman speak or giving a response or refuting something that is said, it's it's still that still is like 
subconsciously looking at it as the woman is being emotional. Like yeah, once she gets exactly. a response, oh, she's responding. She's responding and she's um, refuting what it is that I'm saying because she's triggered. That's a that's that's an emotion. That's that's like putting an emotion on it in in itself. And and a lot of and, and you guys don't even realize. I'm sure that is the I'm 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 pretty sure we're both here smart enough to understand that it's not the intent, but. Our in the beginning of the conversation when we were talking about men critiquing us, we were talking about how you guys have to be careful on how you say things, and this is that's what we're trying to get at. It's not taking away from what it said, but just trying to give you guys a better understanding of you know how the things that you say come off to us when we hear it, and how to better um, adjust to be able to have like these open, honest hard conversations with each other without us having to deal with a whole bunch of emotions because we don't want to deal with a whole bunch of emotions. We want to get to the point. But when we have all of these like off the wall blanket statements and all of these generic one, one shoe fit all type of things getting spewed out, then we have to address emotions that doesn't, it doesn't get us anywhere. So we'll rather not do that ourselves. No, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, like as I listen to you, yeah. I mean, I'm I get it. Like I, I like I said, I offered the word for the reason that you just said, Deasia, so I can own that. Um, you know, hey, players fuck up too. You feel me? <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I did. I definitely gave that that leeway. So I'm there. I'm listening, and I, I'm mm-hmm. loving and he hearing it. He took it, baby. He took that. He he, no, he, 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 I am a 
black man that's trying to, to take care of his black family. I ain't supposed to be have a rapport with you when I'm telling you to get your, uh, your ass out of that burning house. See, our community is burning right now, and I don't need to be sitting here coddling you. No, no, nobody else on the planet coddles you, and they, they women get it. Why can't y'all accept what we are saying? Black women have been allowed to talk and talk and talk. We've been talking, listening to y'all since we were born. It's time that we are allowed to speak. What you feel is what I've been talking about with men all around this country. And we are tired. That's why you have the Kevin Samuels. That's why you have Kevin Samuels out there and people like him. He ain't new. We've been talking about this in the bottom <laughs> shop and, and, and stuff in, the, in garages all these years. What you feel is that we are tired. We are tired. We are tired of y'all BS. No, Calvin. no, no, dear, no. Hold on, let me finish. Please let me finish. Calvin. It's two to one. Y'all just ripped that man, and that man was on your side. That man was right, on your Calvin. side, and I'm on your side. Okay, I Calvin. Love, and I love y'all. I love y'all. But it's time to love you, too, Calvin. Two minutes, man. I gave you two minutes, Calvin. We, we love, love you, too, Calvin. Two minutes. We, we love you, too, Calvin. I'm going to Calvin. 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 But women are emotional. Calvin. Calvin, I think you missed the assignment. I, I really do think you missed the assignment. Um, the the show is about what's on what what black women think. So I really do feel like you missed the assignment. Um, no, no, no. And I, I don't. I, I hope. No, no. I did not miss it. I also. I also. I also. Calvin, I also hope that you don't think that your message. Any woman is going to listen to you, and you're talking in that tone. Um, it's, we're not asking for men to be apologetic. We're not asking for men not to say what it is that they have to say. We're having a conversation on, on about how to communicate with each other. That's what we're doing, having a conversation um, about how to communicate with each other. We're not telling anybody not to say anything. We have to be careful in the way that we talk to each other. If I want a message to be delivered to a man and I want this man to receive what it is that I'm saying, and I want it to go over well, and I want to be understood, I'm going to check myself, and I'm going to make sure that I figure out the best possible way to say this to a man so that he can understand it and so we could get the best possible results from the conversation. And I feel like because men think that, okay, we're so direct and we're just going to say it like it is and a woman just supposed to receive it, it doesn't work like that. We have to be tactful when we're talking to each other. That's the only thing that we're saying here. We're not trying to take anything away from Patrick. We weren't trying to attack Patrick or anything like that. And that's a problem with us in our community. And what I said was about women when we say something is looked at as an aggressive. Instead of it being looked at as a learning opportunity, with us saying something to Patrick, it got turned into, oh, okay, we're attacking Patrick. But when, but we're supposed to receive whatever Patrick is saying. But if we say something to Patrick, now it's an attack on Patrick. It's not an attack. It's just to get open his eyes up so he could better understand this is how we see things from our perspective since you want to put a blanket statement out there let us clear it up this is how we see things from our perspective and you can let us know how you see things from your perspective but you can't go on i can't go and tell a man this is how a man thinks 
And this is how a man communicates. And I, I can't go and tell a man that I am not a man. I have to hear that and, and, and receive that from a man. You guys have to hear this and receive this from a woman. And, it, and once we start respecting each other enough to just hear each other out, we won't have this back and forth where we feel like we are each other enemy and we are attacking each other. And I hope Patrick didn't feel attacked. And I'm sorry that you feel that Patrick was being attacked because that definitely wasn't the case. And we weren't trying to take anything away from him, just trying to give him some insight on how we really do process things and how certain words come over to us. We're not asking him to be apologetic. We're asking you guys just to be a little bit more compassionate with the way that you communicate with us. That's all. And this morning's discussion is what do black women think? So I definitely understand that idea from an assignment standpoint. We're up against the break. Kevin, I will give you a comment coming out of the break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good, it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of Intelligent Radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781- 4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Again, I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. If you have a product or service you would like to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please contact me again directly at 404-604-9477 or follow us on IG and DM me. Um, IG is at mental underscore dialogue or Facebook at mental dialogue. Definitely look forward to the support. If you are an individual, please go to mentaldialogue.com and become a member or a supporter if you're outside of Atlanta. If you're in Atlanta, a member or a platinum or black level member to take part in our masterminds. Follow us on Facebook to find out more about those. We have one coming up in a few few weeks about government contracting. So we have different levels of membership and you receive benefits based on the level that you are at. This morning's discussion question, special edition, open call, black men, what do women think? Um, Kevin, one thing about my man, Kevin, uh, we have two rules at when it comes to the mental dialogue, and those rules are bring your passion. Uh, I'm sorry, we are not politically correct, so that's why I was messing with you today when you said the N-word. Uh, we, don't, we, we outlaw political correctness, so we don't do that here. Um, but it is, you know, and the second rule is bring your passion, but be respectful. And so Kevin absolutely brings his passion. I'm going to let him come back on. Sometimes when I ask him to stop and let the ladies talk, 
you're, you're messing up rule number two. So we welcome your passion, Calvin. When I ask you, when I jump in, you got to let me jump in, and we're going to let you get yours off too. So give give you a quick thought. we got some more callers as well. Go ahead, Calvin. Oh, all right. Now, I do that for a reason. That's 400 years of pressure put on black men not allowed being able to speak. I was not allowed when they stole our base. I was not allowed when Master took you to the woodshed. See, when a black man speaks with passion, then we are to control. Because the world says that we cannot show our, our fire. See, there's a reason why that man has to get to that level because it, we start off being delicate with you. See, that's the misconception and the, and the missing part of this whole discussion. It's just like a child. Once I done told a child, again, don't do that. All right, stop. Put that down. He don't do it the first time. Stop. Put that down. Second time, cussing you out. I'm cussing you out. This is what's happening right now. We've been telling okay. y'all. So y'all got radio. Hold on. Y'all got radio shows. I'm not going to hold on, brother. I'm giving you plenty of time, brother. I got other callers. So you're out. That's, again, that's a part about respecting rule number two. Um, the one thing that I will share with you, um, I, I, I understand the example with the kid. However, just realize that you are saying this just from a comment that just simply said women are more emotional. So that's not even a conversation about correcting or anything like that. So it just just doesn't actually apply, in my opinion. But I just wanted to throw that out. Let's get to another comment. So I got to go, brother. I got another caller. Thanks for the call, Kevin. Uh, area code 470-3016. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. I'm sorry. Hold on. I'm sorry. Not, I'm not going. I'm going to go back to a new caller. I'll come back to you in a second. Zero one six. Got to get my new callers in first. Area code three two three last three seven seven four. Give us your name and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Greetings, brother Montoya. My name is Empress J. Um, we interacted at the Black Dot during the tax show. Great to hear you and um, to the sisters that are on here. I wanted to make sure to not only share some love, but some insight as uh, African in America, African American, black woman, woman of color. Um, the gentleman that just came on the call is the prime example why this conversation is critical in our community. I want to say thank you for having this conversation. I came on the second hour. Thank you, ladies, for um, not only sharing with intellect, but integrity, class, and poise, and realness and truth. Thank you for representing us well. Um, what black women think is exactly what the gentleman just was stating so passionately, um, using references like for 400 years black men have, black women are not the ones that silence black men. Black women are not the one attacking, ones attacking black men. Black men have found it trendy and found it profitable to attack black women, and we don't have that same luxury. So we become the point of attack from all cultures, which is completely out of our African design. Our African design quickly is for black men not to tell women how to be women. That's not, that's a Eurocentric thought, and that's what we're battling. So women turn to women to build to know what womanhood is, just like the sister said, a black man how to have breasts and a vagina. We can't tell you how to have a penis and testicles. So that's completely out of order. What we need to do is things like this is training each other how to communicate to each other. That's all. 
a father's job is to train a daughter in how to interact with men, not how to be a woman. That is a mother's job. And when there is a man and a woman absent, we do, I mean, a father or a mother absent out of the home, we need to turn to the village, and that's how we're able to heal. It's been so many years and so long that we've been having this conversation in barbershops and all that because men, black men, really believe they have the answer. They are trying to do what that man just said, trying to coddle emotions as if we are children, trying to treat us as if we are someone that needs to be trained and taking out their frustrations from the pressures of the nation, of the world, Eurocentric thought on the black woman who has been there holding up the same pressures that they had. And until we can see that and operate in love and truly heal in proper African order, we will continue to have this conversation. Black men will continue to be put on a Eurocentric pedestal and be paid, like Kevin Samuels, to bash black women. We are not victims of anything. But as a black woman, that's what I have seen. I have a background degree from Spelman College, so y'all know I've been trained on how to be, how to live, how to communicate, and how to respond as a black woman. Now it's time for us as a community to heal each other. And in love to that brother that just got off, I want to make sure that not only with mental dialogue that we're over-diagnosing, but I thank you, Montoya, and those who connect to offer solutions and offer these opportunities for healing. And we don't need to compare ourselves to any other culture. Our culture is designed for a village, for a cyclical process in life, not linear, not direct, not angry, and not pressured. So that's all I wanted to say. But thank you, thank you, thank you for this moment. I really, truly appreciate it, and I'm enjoying it. No, I absolutely appreciate that more than anything because the biggest thing I took, I mean, she said so much that was excellent. And I know it's not supposed to be my three cents, but I just wanted to highlight that the biggest thing, and this is something that I'm always pushing for, is the dialogue really does not no longer need to be at one another, and that's what we miss, and and that's what I took the most. Mm-hmm. We only got a couple of minutes, and so, um, DeAge, I want to make sure you get out your information because, again, you do this type of dialogue as far as taking calls quite often. Um, I mean, obviously, we take calls, if you will, but I'm just saying this particular style is more yours on Desk of DeAge. So, if you will, take the time to highlight that, um, you know, maybe give a quick closing thought and highlight what you do with Desk of DeAge, and let me turn it over to Latrice to close us out. Okay, again, I am the Asia Robinson. That's the A-S-I-A. I have a podcast called The Death of the Asia where I have similar conversations. Um, Death of the Asia is also a platform where people can actually send in questions to me and I address them anonymously. Um, it's kind of like a strawberry letter type of thing um, and I just go on live and I, and I talk about whatever questions they come in. And sometimes I just come up with topics myself and I address those topics. Um, I could be found on YouTube and Facebook at um, Deaths of the Asia. And also you can follow me at Deaths of the Asia on Instagram. And if you have any questions that you would like to get my perspective on, you can always message me. Um, I do post them on my page. They're anonymous. No, if it's something that you, just really don't want nobody to know that it's a question that you ask. Um, nobody will ever know that, um, and I'll just address it on one of my shows. Now, beautiful. Thank you, Queen. We've got about a minute, Latrice. Um, any closing thoughts for us uh, for this morning's 
black men, what do black women think? Thank you, Queen, for rocking with us this morning. I'm sorry, I may have I think you had something in the background, so I delete, um, muted you for a second. All right, go ahead, Queen. Got you. Sorry. Yeah, I, I just wanted seconds. to say that, you know, <laughs> this, is, this is just an opportunity for us as a community to come together and heal, and I think the last few minutes of this um, indicate that there is a need for more conversations like this because there is this, this competition between the sexes in our community needs to stop. So, Montoya, thank you for um, starting, for continuing to engage in this dialogue. The Asia, thank you for doing what you do as well. Um, had a great time this morning, and I'm um, looking forward to the next time. Uh, absolutely. And for those that are on the line with us or online, I'm going to pay a little poem just to end it from one of our other queens of intellect. Wanted to highlight them, Sabrina Jolly. Thank y'all. See y'all next Saturday. All I ask is that you think. Astronomical, galactic, extraterrestrial, linguistic, metaphorical, soliloquy. She's that airborne poem, poetically penetrating the mind, the biblical oratory mechanism that feeds the soul, the Symbolic, chronic, tonic, bubonic machine, technologically driven by verbs, nouns, pronouns, adjectives, and clauses. She's a phrase that rolls off the tongue easily, like do more than what you're paid to do. And one day you might get paid for more than you do. The literary laundry that washing away all the bullshit you once thought was real. The true McCord, the prototype of the universe, wrapped in wraps and songs that give you jazz on the lawn or bloods on the block or black boys and cops. I'm talking some serious shit that'll make you delirious, curious as to why she's as smooth as ice, twice as nice, various and Nina Martin and Gina, the dreamer of dreamers, the fresh on the turntable, giving anecdotal quotes, giving people hope, hip-hopping over these new generation morons, she's an oxymoron like this, you a queen, she's an oxymoron, a contradiction like The buckhead, the south side of the shop.